Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You said you're, you said you're a competitor, so if they come to you in March and say, look, uh, we're going to keep you, we like you, we're going to develop you, but we're signing veteran X to be our starter. Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Yeah, I'm going to make that dude's life hell in practice every day. I feel like this is going to be uh, a, a great thing, a great thing for, for Zach. And, you know, I, I spoke to you guys at the Combine, and, you know, um, Zach Zach's ceiling is unlimited. And um, no one works harder, no one loves ball more than Zach Wilson. And um, him having the opportunity to really shadow and, and be be with a, a first battle Hall of Fame quarterback um, every day, uh, every hour he's in the building. That's a that's a great opportunity and a, and a great experience. It absolutely can help Zach Wilson to have Aaron Rodgers around, assuming they get along, assuming that everything goes well. I think we are. Let's just see how it goes. It's one thing to know someone from afar and have a positive relationship with someone you don't have to deal with all the time. You throw them in the same jar and you shake it up a little bit. We'll see. And I don't expect Zach Wilson to try to make Aaron Rodgers life hell. His best play is to be compliant, to be deferential, to be respectful to Aaron Rodgers and hope that Aaron Rodgers will will help Zach Wilson develop but you know what if he stays two years chris where's that leave zach wilson yeah that's four years into his career do they pick up the option next year on zach wilson that's going to be a hell of an offseason talking point a year from now aaron Rodgers, is he coming back or not okay he's coming back all right what are we doing about the fifth year option of zach wilson is he going to enter his contract year on the bench behind aaron Rodgers, and then he's a free agent in the year that we would be presumably taking advantage of all this learning from Zach Wilson? Do we have to go sign him on the open market, unproven? I guess that's better than what the Giants had to do with Daniel Jones because who's going to want Zach Wilson exactly. when he's barely played him? When exactly. he did play, it wasn't good. But right. it's, it's a it's a weird vibe. It's it a very weird wrinkle to this that's been forgotten. No, I, I, I agree. But I think your point there is real. You know, again, it could be to this, like, oh, yeah, it, it could be a tough decision. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's going to be like, well, we like you. You know that. Where else would you want to go? You know, we've we've you know we've done our best to support you, and we still believe in you. And I yeah. And so I think they have that angle. You know, I do think I'm with like Joe Douglas here. One, I think Aaron Rodgers coming to New York. You know, one of the big reasons I think they wanted him and were all in on it was a little bit of two because I think they're trying to they want to salvage the Zach Wilson situation. You know, if it is one year, hopefully that one year can make a big difference. But Zach Wilson, by all due accounts, I mean, you know, I think Aaron, I think he said last year, or maybe it was two summers ago, Aaron Rodgers' favorite quarterback. I mean, most people's favorite quarterback's favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, as I've said a few weeks ago. Josh Allen, Mahomes, I mean, when they were growing up, that was their favorite guy. I don't think there'll be a problem here. You know, I don't. I think Wilson, one, is smart enough to know that, hey, I'm not established here. I didn't do enough, and I got some issues I got to work on mechanically, mentally, whatever, and that's where Rodgers can be great. 
Rodgers is very much into the mechanics of throwing the football. We know, both you and I, uh, that that was a problem with Zach Wilson. And being too loosey-goosey in Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, next-level type of stuff on a play-by-play basis when it wasn't necessary. So that's where, you know, hopefully, like Joe Douglas said, Rodgers can show him how to prepare, you know, do all the right things off the field that can make the guy the better player. But, you know, Rodgers is the man right now, and Wilson's just going to have to take a back seat and pay attention and, you know, admire the guy and, and try to learn as much as he can from him. And it was such a weird ride last year for the Jets when Wilson's the guy and then they bench him. You know, he had that that defensive exchange after a game where he had a bunch of turnovers. Do you take do you feel bad or whatever whatever the question it was? was, and was no, like, no. Do you do you, do you feel like the offense didn't do their part? No. Uh, you know, it was the end yeah. of them. I no. never seen yeah. anything like it. Right. And and then and then the idea was he's taken a step back. He's got to work on fundamentals. And the idea was that, you know, he's trying to make the wow play. He's so focused on doing the Mahomes thing that he's lost track of the little things. He's lost track of the little short passes. He's trying to do something spectacular. So then he gets a chance to play. And after that Thursday night game against the Jaguars, they and I love Jay Glazer. He's never wrong. This is the one time in the 20 years he's been covering the NFL, that something he said didn't come to fruition. He said on Fox NFL Sunday a couple of days after that, the Jets are done with Zach Wilson. He won't be back next year. And it started to change a little bit after that, and then there's this sense, oh, he does have a future with the team, and now he's the number two. He's the guy who's going to learn from Aaron Rodgers or not. But uh, there's still, you know, they're trying to set up their own handoff hopefully more graceful for them than it was in Green Bay from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. But you go Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson becomes a fully formed professional after learning, watching, growing in the shadow of Aaron Rodgers. So there's a way this works, and there's a way they unlock something in Zach Wilson that makes him the guy long-term. And you know, maybe one of the reasons why they didn't want to just dump Zach Wilson was what Geno Smith was doing. It, It took a few years but ultimately, the Jets looked bad for giving up on Geno Smith last year because of what he did in Seattle. So why do we want to dump this guy and have him go somewhere else and make us look bad the way Geno Smith did? Let's give him a, one more chance. Let's get a hard reset on his career, and let's see what happens. A hundred. I, I, I mean, one, they, I think they do believe in him still, that there's something there. Two, they've seen you know what we've seen, too, that there's some specialness in the, the physical ability of the player. Yeah, three, what? Let him go? Cut him? Why? So then the 49ers can get him, and then he's in the Super Bowl next year or something? Right? There, there's no way. He's the kind of guy that scares people to death in front offices that you let go. Because, again, just like some of the highlights we show, listen, I know he's had some dumb interceptions and some bonehead mistakes and all that. But over the last two years, I mean – you know, you took the 50 best throws in football over the last two years. Zach Wilson's going to be in a few of those with some of the throws he made. I mean, gosh, I could just think, of you know, like right off the bat, what was that against the Lions? I think we showed it, running to the left, stopping, throwing across all the way across the field, 50 yards in the air. You know, there's some things he can do that not many people can. And I think that's why they're practicing a little patience here you know, with the young man. And then the fact that uh, I think, you know, when things started to calm down too, they started to realize that, hey, like we didn't exactly set him up the right way here too, nor or control our locker room the right way to help out the situation either. So there's, there's a little bit of blame to go around everywhere in this one, at least in my opinion, with the Zach Wilson situation. Um. It'll be just another interesting wrinkle to all of this. It'll be interesting to see what Aaron Rodgers says about Zach Wilson. If asked about it today, it'll be interesting to what Zach Wilson says when he's available to the media. And we just keep an eye on that that dynamic as time goes by. One of the other dynamics is the extent to which it raises expectations within the team. And Sauce Gardner, a guy who, you know, he was doing the media tour at the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden it ended, and we kind of heard through the grapevine that he may have said something he shouldn't have said about Aaron Rodgers, and that made somebody nervous. Who knows what the truth is? But one of the things you love about Sauce Gardner, 
he's not bashful. He was on the Slow News Day podcast with Kevin Clark yesterday and uh, was asked about what these developments do to the Jets' fortunes. Let's have a listen. Is this a playoff team this year? Does the drought end this year? Oh, yeah, most definitely. We was a playoff team last year. You know, we just we didn't finish like we like we were supposed to. But I mean, but with A-Rod joining and a few more new pieces, you know, that just makes it like, you know, easy. <laughs> makes it easy. Now he he clarified that, that with funny. a tweet. Yeah. Easier. 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 <laughs> not easy. We got to clean up on aisle five again. Uh, but that's okay. I love the fire. I love the passion. Although I will say this. They were a playoff team last year. They didn't make the playoffs. So the ultimate litmus test sauce, I mean, you're young in the league and, you know, you, you'll, you'll learn over time. If you make the playoffs, you're a playoff team. If you don't make the playoffs, you're not a playoff team. But at one point, they believed they were. Remember after they played the Bills the second time? Robert Sala we'll said, see we'll them see again. them again. Yeah. yeah. Not next year. We'll see them again. This year. Right. And it felt like they were on that track. And and really, they had something special going on. They pulled the rabbit out of the hat against the Browns in week two. Brees Hall was really emerging. Once he got injured, that's when I feel like it started to crumble. And then that quarterback stuff started. That's and right. that was that. But they were still a relevant team far deeper into the season than we thought they'd be. Last year, I thought the three teams that had no chance going into the season were the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Texans. I was right about one. The other one, very wrong. The other one, ultimately right, but I had to sweat it out for a while. And that's, you know, that's progress for the Jets. Now this year, the bar is going to be a lot higher. Yeah, a lot higher. It is. And, yeah, there's uh, there was definitely a part of the year, right? They were, what, 6-3 and three at one point, and we were going, man, the Jets are real. The talent is real. I mean, I know what Sauce was saying there. Yeah, their talent was that of a playoff football team. There was no team in the sport – that was just going to step on the field and like the Jets are going to be like, oh, wow, they're out, man. But I do think, yes, you know, I, 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 this is one thing where I'll blame the Jets. They, they got to, even to this, this is, points out the example. They got to control the young crowd a little bit in their locker room. You know, it got out of hand, in my opinion. And, and then part of that was, you know, the, the whatever, the, 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 the destruction of Zach Wilson and that conversation around it too and letting some guys speak a little too loosely about that and then adding fuel to the fire to where the fans jump on them even more. So it's a young football team. That's where Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to really help them. And I think that's probably why they paid a little bit of a premium to get the deal done too because like we said yesterday, you know, I, I think they thought about, wait, we're going to really go into OTAs and – you know, young team, we're really good, and Zach Wilson's going to lead us out into practice day after day after day. As much as they like him, you know, I think they know. They want to start this new era, start this new thing, and get, the, you know, the team going in, in the right direction. And I think that's probably why they, they did what they did to make sure Aaron Rodgers gets in town right now. It also would be helpful to the fortunes of the New York Jets if they could get defensive tackle Quinnen Williams in town right now. He's entering his fifth-year option. He is not present. He wants a new contract. It shouldn't be that hard, Jets, to work this out. The parameters are out there. The they boundaries are, are set for They're... what guys of his skill caliber should be making. They right. should be able to make it happen. Here's Joe Douglas from yesterday when asked about the status of the negotiations with Quinn and Williams. Yeah, still, still optimistic. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of positive discussions with Nicole, and uh, you know, optimistic. I feel like we're we're uh, trending in a in a good place. So, um, uh, optimistic and hopeful is how I would describe that. Optimistic, hopeful, but not done. And there's Quinn and Williams' reaction. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And unlike Phil, who once took a drink of tea and actually had the string in the bag come out, he avoided the string, but you can see the string there. That's a pro move by Quinnen Williams. That is a very pro move right there. That is a good job not getting the uh, string like Big Phil, too. You don't want to become a teabagger. But, like, I'm, I'm with you, and that oh, the parameters are out there 100%. And I feel like it's the same face he made when that question was asked about him with Kyler Murray. Remember when he was going to be like, we saw better 
and he stopped like right like he was about to say we saw better quarterbacks than Kyler Murray and he stopped himself um but uh you said it I, I think this is fairly easy I mean we just saw Jeffrey Simmons and Deron Payne done right this is the class he's in you know I honestly I don't think his career's been as good as those two to this point totally last year was every bit as good as those two but the years before that, I, don't, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons has been the best D tackle or in that conversation the last two or three years. But uh, either way, I think you, you, you said it right. They're close. It can't be that far off of the numbers that those guys set the, this offseason. The problem is you've got a cluster of generally accepted contracts at defensive tackle. Then you've got the Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like, Far and away above the Deron Paynes and Jeffrey Simmons of the world. Right. And it makes me wonder, Is are they trying to split yeah. the difference? Right. Yeah. Are they trying to approach Aaron Donald? Or or is it accepted like Simmons and Payne that there's a lower cut for the guys who aren't Aaron Donald? And I don't know. But I, I have a feeling that Donald deal is one of the reasons why it's not quite as cookie cutter as maybe it would seem to be. And, uh, you know, regardless, he's not there. And it's a time of great optimism for the New York Jets. And there'll be even more optimism once Quinnen Williams is present. The key, though, is that they got to get it done, you know, I'd say by training camp. I mean, that's the real deadline. He doesn't, I, the offseason program, it'd be nice for him to be there. It'd be helpful. But it, it really becomes an issue when you get to training camp. That's right. And, and, and remember, if you're in your fifth-year option, it gets very expensive if you hold out a training camp because once you start missing preseason games, the fine for each missed preseason game is a game check on that fifth-year option salary. But I think they'll get it done. I would think so. Uh, but uh, I'm with you. you know, Mike. for now, for now, for now, the bright shiny object is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they well, don't need a bright shiny object in Quinn and Williams. They can do that later. They can they can wait until something goes not as planned with Aaron Rodgers, and then they can sign Quinn and Williams and distract everyone with that. Well, yeah, I, I think this is like like you're saying, something that gets done at some point here. It's just it's too obvious. One, the way their defensive scheme is set up and the way they play, Quinn and Williams is perfect for that. He's the best player on their defense, period. And he's one of the best at his position in all of football. So I think they will figure it out. The thing that like always worries me with like D tackles like this who are not there in the offseason, I think it, it, the teams feel this way too. I mean, I know they do. It's just, you know, yeah, the, it's, the practice isn't that important, but like it's a big guy. They'd like him to be there working out so they can watch him and his weight and all that type of stuff. That's what I always worry about with these situations. Then you get to training camp and he's not quite in shape or ready to go. Uh, that's where if I'm the team, I worry, but you know, like you said, I think it's a deal that gets done because it's a no brainer. They drafted him number three in the draft and he's really damn good and fits their scheme. So hopefully it gets done for, for his sake here soon. And the only good news for the jets, not that Quinn and Williams is at Aaron Donald level yet, but I remember when Aaron Donald was holding out of off-season workouts and training camp, Les Snead, the GM of the Rams, said, this is actually a good thing because we can't get anything done when Aaron yeah, Donald right. is out there. Even on right. a walkthrough, he's blowing up the play. Like, we can't, we can't practice normally with Aaron Donald on the field. So, Quinn and Williams moving in that direction. But no one's Aaron Donald right now. No. I'd like to think they can get this done. And I fully expect that they will. We keep seeing Quinn and Williams getting it done with the teabag. You know, we can't let this go without reminding everyone. Oh, the original uh, teabagger right here. Oh, hey, oh, hey. Look the at Bigelow. Him. <laughs> <laughs> that is just, that is. What a dumbass. I, what are you, I, that's unbelievable. <laughs> see, I don't drink a lot of tea, but I always get rid of the bag before I start drinking. I don't want to have to worry about that string and the little flag on the end that can end up stuck between your front teeth. Well, I know. You take yeah, the bag. I, I learned this when I was a right, kid. Right. You take the bag, you put you put it on a spoon, and you use the string to wrap it around and squeeze out the last little bits of hot water, and then your tea's ready. Uh, he's an amateur tea drinker. I mean, he's an amateur. He's got Bigelow contract for he's like got 20 that Bigelow years. Money. I know. It's like he's got 20 that years. Bigelow money. Right. He's got the Bigelow money. He's still an amateur at it, though. He just he, he is. You're right. Now, like, if you're going to leave the bag in there with the string i mean at least look down and don't be such an airhead and just think oh well i'm just gonna drink wherever i mean be cognizant of where the string is i mean damn dad i mean what a fool you are <laughs>
Remember, at one of the Super Bowls, he came with, like, the whole Bigelow tea set up with the nice Yeti insulated mugs. And I I remember thinking, because usually, like, people bring stuff and, you know, okay, just whoever wants to take it can take it. Give it to the crew. Take. I wanted to grab one of those damn Yeti mugs, and I didn't. I'm still upset about that. He brought all sorts of nice stuff for us Well, We'll we'll work it out. We can figure that out. We can do something like that. I since got one. I since got one. I got one. All right. So uh, you're big time already. All right. Don't worry. I, you know what? No, I think I got one. I think I got one in like an NBC swag bag. Like they sent around a Christmas bag, and I think there was one in there. Oh, the NBC logo on it, the peacock on it. Okay, all right, good. You're you're set up then. Yep. But, you may uh, have yeah. gotten one too. Yeah, maybe well, you got one too. Maybe you didn't. Maybe I didn't. I don't you remember didn't. that when you were saying that. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember getting any damn yeti. I remember Jason Garrett giving me one for you know his camp and his. His charity thing he works with, but I don't remember NBC, so maybe they're you know they screwed me over out of the Christmas bag this year, the holiday bag. It's great. Anytime one of those shows up, like I have to intercept it. If my son's anywhere near oh, the house, it's gone. he grabs it and starts rifling through it and taking all the good stuff, and then leaves the stuff that he doesn't want for me. But uh, anyway, I got that mug, uh, so uh, it is nice. It keeps your tea, your coffee, your hot drink hot. Keeps your cold drink cold. And unsolicited and unpaid advertisement for the folks at Yeti. Maybe they'll send me some stuff for that. Uh, Before we take a break, a suggestion from a viewer, Craig Cheston, not to be confused with Craig Carton. Mike should get Aaron Rodgers to do the audio. Uh, Yeah, Craig. Yeah, that's right. We should. Would that be something? Oh, that would be the best. That would be amazing. I mean, that would be great. I really would like that. If he could, like, you know, even just write, hey, bye, Mike Florio, and say a few sentences about you before he starts reading the book would be great. Hey, look, you know, Aaron Rodgers likes to read, so I've heard. Book club on Pat McAfee's Not crap show. like that, like, so I've you, heard. <laughs> why, why, but, but the book's not about him. There are no – I can promise you this. In the 105,000 words that make up Father of Mine, the words Aaron and Rodgers appear nowhere, not consecutively, not separately. They're not in there. It's not about him. Why would you deprive yourself, Aaron, of something that you might actually enjoy simply because you don't like me? I'm sure plenty of people have read books and enjoyed books by authors that they would find personally distasteful. Why would you want to deprive yourself what could be a fun, You got a few extra hundred grand laying around. So throw it out there to him. Get it done. Let's go. He'll do it for a few hundred grand. Don't worry. No problem. You save money on that uh, fake that uh, would- Florida cheap rock you got behind you. <laughs> First of all, first of all, I don't have a few extra hundred grand laying around. Second of all, millions. Second sorry. of all, yes. Once, <laughs> thank you for getting it right. Once he recognizes what a pain in the ass it is to read a four hundred page book one chapter at a time into a microphone, he'll up his price. Whatever he asks for on the way in, he'll quickly realize. I didn't ask for nearly enough to do this because uh, yeah, it's not, not that, that I've done it, but I, I know enough about it. Yeah. It's not easy, and it's not fun. All right, the show has been easy and fun so far today. Hopefully it gets uh, even more fun as we move forward. The Bengals using their fifth-year option on Joe Burrow, but also hoping to keep him around longer than that. We'll talk about the current situation between the Bengals and Burrow when PFT Live continues right after this. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, baby, we got a showdown today in the premiership and the Premier League. Excuse me. We got it's a colossal showdown today, Mike. Number one versus number two. Man City tries to close the gap on Arsenal at the top of the Premier League ta- table. See it live at 3 p.m. Eastern, streaming exclusively on Peacock. I'm a big fan of the Premier League, Mike. I've kind of like lost my way in soccer over the last few years since I got working with you, and we get so engulfed in it. But I used to be a a, a watcher of it on a consistent basis. Uh, it's uh, two Premier franchises right there. One of the things I love about it, the whole concept of relegation, wouldn't it be great if we had layers and levels of football leagues in America where the worst of the worst just got dumped? Cardinals, see ya. You went down to the <laughs> yeah, next right. level. you got to earn your way back. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, Cardinals fans, you can be upset with me, but who else would it be right now? Cardinals or Texans? If anybody's getting relegated, it's one of those two teams right now. And uh, that would give everyone an incentive to win games, especially week 18. That would be the cure to tanking, Chris. Relegation. No, you don't get the first pick in the draft. You get the first ticket out of town if you don't win that game in week 18. Okay. The Bengals, by virtue of being the worst team around, would have been in danger of relegation a few years ago. They earned the right to get Joe Burrow, and it has worked out well. His fifth-year option officially exercised, as was Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson's. The deadline is May 2nd. These are no-brainers. The real question is, what's next? And there's the statement from the Bengals. We've exercised the fifth-year option. This is a mechanical step along the way, and we will continue to work with Joe and his representatives to secure his long-term future as a Bengal. And they know what they need to do. They know what it's going to take uh the vikings the vikings were not nearly as as careful i think they have a high degree of confidence they're going to work it out with justin jefferson with the bengals they'll get it worked out but it's going to be expensive with joe burrow and you know as i've said before joe burrow is the perfect candidate to be the one to get a percentage of the cap and i think the bengals are the one team to defy the convention mike brown who's always the contrarian i could see him see the very basic logic and appeal of committing 15.6735 cents per dollar on every salary cap dollar to Joe Burrow, wherever the cap goes, that protects these deals against becoming obsolete. It's fair. It seems reasonable. Players have tried to get it over the years. Kirk Cousins, Darrell Rivas, among the ones who've tried. The teams always slam the door. I I just feel like that's that's the way. If they want to get it done quickly, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's 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 never easy, right? I mean, we know, yeah, quarterback contract, uh, contracts, they're complicated, you know, as Lamar Jackson's figuring out here on the fly as well. But, like, I mean, no-brainer. Yeah, fifth-year option, laughable. I mean, of course something long-term is going to get done. It, it's it, – this is – we Cincinnati's got the biggest star they've ever had in the history of their franchise. I mean, they got something special here. You know, so to me, dude, where the where this is going to be interesting is the sweet spot, Mike. Too, I, I, again, Joe Burrow, very smart guy, very aware of the other quarterback contracts out there, and I think also very aware, like we Jalen Hurts or Mahomes or Brady before that. Like I think a guy that would is is going to want the talent around him. I do. We'll see. Now he wants to be paid, and he should be paid whatever. You know, it's right or fair, but I, you know, I do think some of that's going to come into play, and how it looks, and how it's portrayed, and all that will go into this equation a little bit with Joe Burrow, and I, that's where I'm going to be interested. What's the sweet spot? You know, are they going to make him? I, I would think he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the history of football. You know, but by how much, and you know, how team friendly will it be? I think that's going to be you know pretty interesting to see here. Well. And again, highest paid is just one way to look at these deals. Jalen Hurts, currently the highest paid player in league history. But you know what? Not really. When you start digging into the deal, as we did yesterday, you you give up certain things. Like, it's what's important to you. What's important? Do you want to be able to say I'm the highest paid player in league history? All right, we'll get you an APY higher just by a million than Aaron Rodgers at 50. We'll get you to 51. 
But then you start looking at guarantees and cash flow, and it all changes. And we've got the full breakdown at PFT. When you look at the full guarantee at signing, the flipping of the guarantees, look, it's a strong deal. It's a four-year deal, but it's four years and not even quite $40 million per year for those four years. It's just under 160 over the first four years. The cash flow doesn't reflect $51 million a year, and then it comes down to the last couple of years. What are they going to do? Are they going to extend it? Are they going to tear it up? Do they move on after four years? They have the flexibility as a practical matter after four seasons to move on if that's what they choose to do. And, Chris, one thing I did last night, I posted the – because I think one of the key factors is how much money gets paid the first three years yeah, to the agreed. quarterbacks. That's agreed. an apples-to-apples apples way to compare. Right. And I don't know if you saw this list, but it starts with Aaron Rodgers – 150 million over three years. Yeah. He's currently the top for the three year cash flow. Deshaun Watson, 138. Dak Prescott, 126. And it works its way down. Daniel Jones at 112.5 is on the list at number six. Hertz is number eight at 106.3. That's the cash payout the first three years of the deal. That's the cash flow. That's how much money 2023, 24, 25 is going to go from the Eagles to Jalen Hurts. 106.3, that's number eight. Number nine, Josh Allen at only 92.3. And here's the kicker, Chris, bringing up the rear at number 10 with $63 million in cash flow over the first three years. Aaron Rodgers is at 150-plus at 63 over three years. The greatest player in the NFL today and one of the all-time greats, Deion Sanders' upper room already, five years as a starter, two MVPs, two Super Bowl wins, Patrick Mahomes, $63 million is his cash flow on the first three years of his contract. Something is wrong, Chris, with this picture. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're right about that. It's it's the best player in our sport, you know, way down the list here as far as compensation. And, again, that's where, Mike, like, I think there's going to be pressure on Burrow and Herbert because of this aspect. You know, again, I'm not – you know, I'm not – you know, I'm, I'm not trying to start a problem here, but you know, there's going to be logical minds and people in the media going to go, well, wait, look at those top five guys there. Man, their team sucked. They, you know, well, there's lots of issues there. They couldn't get it done, blah, blah, blah. And then you look at the some of the guys towards the bottom there and you start to go, well, damn, those teams are really good and they're in a good spot because of the quarterback contract. So that's where I'm interested to see you know, how ambitious Herbert Burrow are you know, as far as this money is concerned, because this argument is going to be used against them to a degree. Uh, but yes, to your point, it's eye popping to see Mahomes that low on the list. And and that's the thing. He doesn't have to be number one. Right. Right. But to be at 10 and yeah. think about it after Herbert and Burrow, he's going to be 12 after Lamar Jackson. He's going to be 13. Nobody's only getting 63 million over the first three years. I mean, that is almost criminal to think that that's what Mahomes is getting. And I don't want to stir up trouble either. I'm sure the Chiefs aren't happy that anyone's pointing it out. And Chiefs fans get pissed. Oh, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough. Don't, don't, don't point this out. Don't, don't upset the apple cart. And that's where they benefit. Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem to be inclined to upset any apple carts, but he should be. Brett Veach, the GM of the team, said last week, well, after Herbert and Burrow will take a look, they should be taking a look now. I've said, I said this after Hurts' deal was done. He should be banging on doors right now. It's one thing to be paid less than Aaron Rodgers, but when you're being paid less than the guy that you beat in the Super Bowl, when he had the better team around him and you didn't, frankly, that there's, at some point it becomes glaring. At some point, you're taking advantage of the guy. Yeah. And, man, $63 million over three years. We're getting close years, there. It sure, feels like, it sure feels like he's being taken advantage of by the system, by the Chiefs, by the NFL, by everybody, and hopefully that changes. Let's take a break. We'll have more PFT Live right after this. He actually sat, came in my office uh, yesterday at some point and, and asked the question. You know, it's kind of like a proposal of sorts, you know. Um, but, and I said yes. <laughs> no, there is consensus, and we're excited. Who is it? <laughs> we'll announce that Thursday at about 8 o'clock. Oh, they'll stretch it all the way through the 10 minutes. we got to have people watching and waiting and anticipating the slow walk by the commissioner to the podium with the name Bryce Young. And look, 
there's no reason to think it won't be Bryce Young. Although it got interesting yesterday, Chris, the Will Levis odds, and he's the favorite to be number two to the Texans. The odds were starting to improve for him to be the number one overall pick. He never eclipsed Bryce Young. Uh, apparently, a Reddit post said that Will Levis was telling friends and family that the Panthers had told him he was going to be the number one pick. And then you know what happens. All the get-rich-quick crowd out there tries to make a little money, and they start dumping money on Will Levis, and that freaks out the sports books. And there went the odd from 50-1 to to 5-1 to to be the first overall pick. Still, Bryce Young was the overwhelming favorite, but it did get crazy yesterday. And I look at it this way, and this is a point you made a couple of weeks ago, when the odds shifted from C.J. Stroud to Bryce Young, and the evidence, the reports were coming out. The Panthers needed to get that out there so their fan base was ready. If they were pivoting from Bryce Young at this point, based on everything we've heard, everything we know, everything we've seen, there would be at least one report from someone yeah, that they're at least right. thinking about Exactly, Will Levis. Right. There has been none of that. What Frank Reich said yesterday is all we need. It's Bryce Young, period. Period. Because it would be the PR debacle of the century to pivot to Will Levis without letting anyone know ahead of time that there's even a chance things might change. Definitely, definitely. Especially with, you know, listen, the concerns of Will Levis being out there and teams feeling those concerns and people like me in the media, you know, talking about those type of concerns. Yeah, you'd want to make that move way earlier in the process, let alone, like we heard last week, the pa- the Panthers gave it away. I mean, Scott Fitterer gave it away. They already got this nutrition and workout plan to keep them healthy for the next five years. So they gave that away, too. It's We know it's Bryce Young, uh, where that's what's crazy about, you know, our job and, you know, the betting and the lines is, yeah, and a thing like this, a few people bet, you know, a good amount of money, all of a sudden the lines change a little bit. And then Vegas, for the most part, like we talked about last year, was spot on, you know, with the draft. This year, I don't, I don't get the sense that I, I just think things are a little all, more all over the place. I do. I get that sense even from teams that are in the top ten or whatever. And there's just more variables that go into things this year. So I'll be interested when all said and done to see how Vegas does as far as their prediction and and who goes where in this draft. I mean, they were, for the most part, right at the top of the draft. Yeah. They got closer right. and closer. Although I still think back to Malik Willis being favored to be the first quarterback taken. He was the third quarterback taken, not in round one, all the way in round three. So, you know, hey, it's it's imperfect information, to say the least. You've got different people in the building who maybe know, people who don't know. You've talked about what the Patriots do, where nobody knows what's going on, other than Bill Belichick and maybe one or two other people. I go all the way back to 2005, the Ronnie Brown year in Miami, Nick Saban's first year. He actually told members of the staff, front office and coaching staff, they were taking Braylon Edwards just to put false information out there. And then, boom, they take Ronnie Brown just to do it, just just because he could. But people in the building thought it was going to be Braylon Edwards at second overall, and they took Ronnie Brown instead. And again, what's the point? Why are you playing that game? But But some of that goes on as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and we've had teams too who talk a little too much, and you know, everybody sometimes is. You know, we've had years where it's like everybody knew who they were going to pick because it just got out within the within their organization, and then they told a few people they trust, and all of a sudden it just becomes free information. Where yeah, I think we've gotten to the point now where nobody says anything. Everybody's extremely tight-lipped uh, for the most part, and uh, we'll see. I know we have no surprise in number one, but I think we're going to have lots of surprises in this top ten. And that's why I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun on Thursday night. All right, one of the guys that will be going fairly early in the draft, joining us next, Zay Flowers, Boston College receiver, when PFT Live continues right after this. Well, here are the rankings that Chris put out there several weeks ago. And look at who's number one, Boston College, Zay Flowers. And look at who we have straight from Kansas City, straight from the weight room, either pausing his workout or just finishing his workout. Zay Flowers. Here he is. He's the man. He's getting ready to get drafted. And he's talking to us. What's up, Zay? Not much chilling, man. Uh, got a little workout in this morning. Talk to you guys. So here we are one day away from the day. What, what's the number one emotion that, that Zay Flowers is feeling as we're on the brink of Zay Flowers being drafted? Uh, all the excitement. A little bit, a little bit nervous. 
But mostly excitement. I'm going to have my whole family here. I'm going to have all my people here. So it should be a good day. Go, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Are you going to go? Gonna, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Go on. I was waiting for you, Chris. See, we're too polite to each other, Zay. I don't know if you watch the show, but we never fight. We never argue. We're way too polite. Um, hey, that's so, the best kind of show. Yeah, you got your you got your gear ready. You already know what you're going to wear for tomorrow night when you make the walk on the oh, red yeah. carpet. You're ready to go. Yeah, I got some. It's a little nice. I Give got, us a preview. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let y'all see it. It's simple, but it's nice. All right, you going simple but classy there. Okay, well, what we got? Yeah. Like we got that. We got like some. Some jewelry, some some pizzazz on there. We got a nice watch. We got a nice. I, got, chain. I don't want to get too much away, but I got I got a nice necklace. Uh, it's like a little memorial necklace for my family. Okay, well, Zay, here, here uh, first off, Zay, as you could tell, I mean, we, we think you're a hell of a player, and I do, especially making you the number one receiver in the draft. But here, the first thing I want to ask you, I mean, you had a chance to go to the NFL last year, right? You know, you had a chance yep. to maybe even transfer to another college and be a part of a you know sexy, explosive offense. You know, you're getting a lot of credit for staying at Boston College this last year. You know, what led you to stay there, and what what ultimately kept you at, at Boston College? Um, I'd say that I knew what I was going to get from BC, and me and my dad talked about it. Uh, I usually go to my dad with all my big decisions. He talked about it, and my dad, like, big on loyalty. He's finished where he started, and Boston College gave me an opportunity, so I just wanted to finish there. What, who's who's the guy you you kind of like? I, I've used guys like Jalen Waddle. I said you kind of remind me of Antonio Brown the way you run routes and you have similar measurables to him. Who's the guy that you kind of look to or, or model your game after? Uh, I think those guys I say similar. Um, and I ask Steve Smith and then I try to um, model my game after Steve Smith too. Not model it after him, but you know, play that some, dog mentality. I got you. Right, right. I hear you. I got you. We saw some video recently, Zay, of you catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, how did that come to be? Walk us through it. Um, now nah, he really he just hit me and he told me guys was out there working and that I wanted to come get some work in that I can come out and I took that and ran with it. <laughs> I shout out to Dallas on um, quick. What was your impression? being able to catch passes from him, see and operate at field level after watching him on TV all these years? Um, first, When I first got the message, I was surprised. I was like, Patrick Mahomes texted me? <laughs> and then I look at it, and he just uh, tells me to come get some work. Went out. Um, it was a great workout. Ball every time. Ball on the money. Hit you right in the face. <laughs> Make a move right after. So it, it, he made the game easier for you. So you just got to finish the route catch the ball. What? How the, with the? I'm going back to BC. How the hell did you end up at BC? Fast receivers who make plays after the catch and reverses and all that. They don't go to BC. How the how the hell did that happen? Oh, uh, so in my recruit process, I ain't really have like a lot of options. Um, BC came to see me every day. I, I was smaller in high school, so I was like on a like lower end, like three star, two star. Right. Um, Coach White came to see me every day. Um. And they showed me they wanted me, so I was like, I'm going to go with who wanted me. So, so now, you know, this transition to the NFL, you get to catch some balls from Mahomes and all that. What's, like, the next level for Zay Flowers as far as the thing that you're, you're worried about? You know, what do I got to work on to be better? I know I'm going to see a different caliber of defensive backs in the NFL. Uh, I feel like I just got to keep doing the work I was doing. Maybe a little bit harder. It's going to get harder, but I feel like I put enough work in to trust my game. They're always looking for negatives in this process. Zay, you know that. Positives and negatives. Balance out the good with the bad. And people will point out your 5'9". What do you say to those who, who question that 5'9 may not be big enough? Some of the best receivers that play football is 5'9". Steve Smith, Antonio Brown. You got um, Brandon Cooks now. Tyreek Hill. So I don't really pay attention to that. I just let, them, I just let everybody talk. And I just go play football. When you're sitting there in the green room tomorrow night and they start calling off the names, what number is the one where you're going to like lean forward a little bit and think this could be the one? Do you have a number in mind? Um, no, nah, not really, but I know some teams, so I'm not going to get too excited. I'm going to just let's see what happens. And if it happens, you know, we're going to go crazy in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> 
you you feel like at this point you got a like a pretty good feel the range you you can go in or is it still totally uh, up in the air? I honestly don't even know the range. Yeah, you don't. Okay. Don't know that, but I'm gonna just let the night go, have fun, enjoy it with my family. All right, yeah, good. You should definitely. All right, so college football. All right, so who, I wanted like two things: best player you played against college football, guy you're most excited to see in the NFL line up across from you. Um, the guy ready to see line up across. I'll say all of them. I, I just want to play. Put all of them in front of me. We uh, we just gonna play. Um, in college, I'll say the best player. I don't mean it like, but. Yeah, I don't think there was nobody that really gave me a problem. <laughs> okay. All right. He's got some confidence, Mike. Sounds like he's a receiver to me so far. He sounds like he's a pretty good receiver. <laughs> hey, here's a question for you. Given what we talked about earlier with Patrick Mahomes and where they are in the draft order, would you be okay with sitting in the green room and sweating it out and not getting picked through 30 selections if 31 was – Kansas City Chiefs Zay Flowers hooking up with Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. Like, I know you go there, it's going to be a lot of big plays made. So it's going to be fun. It's gonna, we can chase Super Bowls. We can do all that. So it'll be great playing with him. Well, as you're on the edge here of entering the NFL, I'm curious, who's given you the best piece of advice to prepare you for what comes next? Uh, I'll say my dad. He, he give me a lot of advice on everything that I do. Just tell me, stay humble, stay confident, and stay positive. If the team gonna take you, they are gonna take you. But if they don't, then another team get a chance. Are you? Um, I, I mean, I, I can certainly see you got some life and some personality, and you got a mouthpiece on you. Does that mouthpiece follow you on the football field? Are you a trash talker out there? It looks like you are on film. It, it depends on if they start with me first, then I'll just finish it the whole game. Uh, yeah, uh, what'd you say? Say that one more time. I say if they start with me first, I'll just Oh, keep then you the go. The I got you. Yeah. I got you. But I don't really come out talking. I already come out focused on what I got to do. If they don't talk to me, I won't talk to them. Bro. Okay. All right. So once they ignite you, there's no turning you off after that. Yeah. I, I get yeah, you. I yeah. get you. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Full of dynamite. All right. So then the, the other thing I want to ask you, your weight, right? A lot of that was talked about at the Combine. You know, oh, your weight, you put on all this muscle and everything. I mean, look there. You went from, you know, ripped jack guy to really ripped jack guy. All right. <laughs> but what? tell us about that process, what you had to do, what you ate, you know, what was kind of your, your, your go-to routine there to, to put on the 13 pounds? Uh, so I used my brother. Instead of using meal plans, I paid my brother to um, cook for me. And he'll cook for me like two, uh, like three meals a day. I go, he'll cook me some appetizers for in between. So I was eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of protein. Um, and I just kept eating every day, lifting and working hard. And I knew I had to gain some weight. And I wanted to be like in that 182, 183 range and worked out perfect. And my workout plan um, performed. It just, it just um, pushed me, grinded. I was grinding and got to where I wanted to be. So are you in a, a break right now for your workout? Are we keeping you from getting back to it, or you got the hay in the barn for today? Oh, no, I got I got a few more exercises. They quick, though. What do you got left? Crazy. I, I'm trying to fit in my suit this weekend. <laughs> 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 Give us an idea what you got left. Um, I got some um, – I got clap push-ups. I got um, 20 explosive pull-ups. Um, what else? It was one more. Oh, curls and triceps. So some light today. All right. Well, we're going to let you get back to it, Zay. Congratulations on all your success. We can't wait to see where you land tomorrow night, and then we can't wait to see you out there talking some trash on the field if they start it with you first, and hopefully they'll be smart enough not to. Thank you. Y'all have a nice day. You too, man. Good luck with everything. All right. Good luck. Congratulations. There he is. Zay Flowers straight from the gym in Kansas City. That was fun. Good kid. Great kid. Great kid. I've, that's all I've heard about him. And I think he's a guy that, you know, listen, I think he's, as we talked about during the wide receiver rankings, he's made for the modern day NFL. And he was in an offense and a place up there where, 
you know, not necessarily conducive to huge receiver numbers and big offensive plays, let alone who the hell else are you worried about stopping on Boston College's offense rather than him, right? That's where I've tried to argue. Like, you know, if you put him in Alabama, you're telling me the game wouldn't look different and he'd have all this open territory and be running all over the place, right? That's where I look at him to be the perfect receiver for the modern-day NFL. Great route runner and then has that weapon ability, Mike, that we talk about so much. And that's where you can get into the Jalen Waddell, Kadarius Tony type of skill set there. And then it looks like he's got the attitude to succeed too, which is exciting. Well, we know he's Chris's number one receiver. I mentioned earlier that in the PFT mock draft, he goes to the Packers at 13. When we return, where does he go in Chris's mock draft? Plus other highlights from Chris's selection of the 31 players taken in round one. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. It's time to look at the Chris Sims 2023 mock draft brought to you by Xfinity. The biggest sports moments deserve a connection you can count on. Streaming live sports is better with the Xfinity 10G network. Here we are. Chris Sims mock draft. Top half of the round. I'm looking for Zay Flowers. Where's Zay Flowers? Why isn't Zay Flowers in the top half of your mock draft? <laughs> he's, he's coming up. He's on the next page. We got him there. I got him going to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who uh, I do think need a receiver in a desperate way, and, it, and it's certainly a receiver like that. You know, they don't have one like that. Keenan Allen, a little bit bigger of a guy. Mike Williams, a bigger guy. Really, the rest of the receiving cores that way, they don't have the jitterbug, super explosive, make things happen after the catch type of guy. That's where I put him at 21. But, yeah, ultimately, Mike, this is my, uh, this is my mock draft. You know, there's, there's, uh, it's not easy. There's a lot that goes into it. I tried to be more predictive this year rather than what I would do necessarily, right? There's a few guys that I might have left out that I think are certainly in the running for the first round too. Uh, but uh, there you got, there you got it, Mike. What do you think? You know, you got the wide receivers not going until Flowers at 21, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba at 27 to the Bills. I am fascinated by this dynamic of more and more receivers coming into the NFL. It's becoming kind of like the running back position. Right. So when do you start drafting them? When does the gap between the best of the yeah. class yeah. and the next tiers justify putting that name on the card? You've got them lower than our mock draft does. And, and again, the thing about mock drafts is nobody knows. Nobody knows. The only thing that really irritates me is when people act like they know. Nobody knows. But look at last year, eight. The year before that, five. It would be the lowest since 2019 when Marquise Brown was the 25th overall pick by the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, you know, usually you see a guy go in the top half. Yeah. But this year, your projection, your prediction. And it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't happen because there's so many receivers you can get at later rounds. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there, there's a few things. One, hey, listen, I, I think your point's real, that receivers are starting to become, you know, consistently, you know, talented and numerous in these first few rounds in the draft to where you don't have to be desperate, right? This is a different year. It's a weaker class altogether and even within the high-end guys. And then you talk about a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba where you throw in, wait, the guy like has a hamstring issue and didn't play a full year? You know, you're going to draft him in the top 12 or 13 picks of the draft? You know, I think that's where he's a little bit all over the place, and I didn't know exactly where to peg him there. Like I told you, I've gotten reads everywhere with like people I know and trust across the league. Like I said, some look at it, go, Hey, he's top 15, top 20 for sure. And then I got other friends who go, I, he's a second round grade for us, let alone the injury thing. So, uh, but I will say this at the very least, Mike, I mean, yeah, usually it only takes one to get teams start going, Ooh, no, Whoa, Whoa. They, they're starting to go off the board. We better get ours now. And I do think this is a year where there's three that stand above the rest. You know, Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And then one guy that it hurt me not to have him the first round, and maybe he goes in there is Quentin Johnson, the kid from TCU. Uh, but I think those will be the, you know, the premium guys. And then after that, you start to get to the, the middle class of the receiving group. 
And to your point there, there was a report after they announced the 17 guys will be at the draft. They shied away from Johnston because they didn't want him to plunge all the way out of round one, even though some think he will be yeah. a first-round pick. Borderline. I think we have him going to the Bills at 27. Right. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay, you know, in past years, there's been a greater degree of confidence at the top. The one thing we know about is Bryce Young, number one, to the Panthers. After that, who the hell knows what's going to happen? After that, which guy are you most confident about? in the rest of your top 10. Well, the, the, like this is where the draft is crazy. And, and you know, Jalen Carter is the best player in the draft. I mean, that's period, right? Most teams I know, and I would agree with this, and this is my assessment and something I've been saying on the podcast, Tyree Wilson is the number two guy in the draft, right? But I, Houston is the big question right now. Are they going to go with a Tyree Wilson and get their Nick Bosa coming off the edge? Is He has a foot issue, though. Or is Nick Casario going to get involved and go, let's just go with the safer guy with a high floor and get a Will Anderson? Or do they go to the quarterback there at number two? That's where it's crazy. You know, then, then you get to number three, it's the same conversation a little there too, right? You know, Will and it's a New England GM too. I know they're into mental mistakes and character and all that. I could see them liking Will Anderson. But again, it's Jonathan Gannon who just came from the Eagles and you know, they believe in big defensive tackles, and man, are they going to pass up Jalen Carter? And also, I can understand them passing up because they got a lot of dysfunctional things in their organization right now, and maybe they don't want to take a chance with that. So I think those are the questions that make the, the, the first five picks so interesting. And yeah, it's just not as chalk as in year past, let alone the Colts and what they do at quarterback. You know, everything you hear out there, it's kind of Levis or Anthony Richardson. And the fall of C.J. Stroud continues there. So uh, I think that's what makes it very intriguing for Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Boy, it would be a shame if the Cardinals don't take Jalen Carter because our team is so dysfunctional now we don't want to make it worse just in case it doesn't pan out. You're not willing to reach for the brass ring because you've already fallen off the horse five other times with self-inflicted wounds. It's sad, but... Look, it's a know, real we, we thing. talked earlier in the week about the whole why did they get on the plane and go to Norman five days before the draft? They got to repair that relationship and have the right, the right rapport with Kyler Murray after the study clause from his contract from last year. Still some damage to be undone there. I mean, the Cardinals have been shooting themselves in the foot over and over again, and it would be sad if they shoot themselves in the foot again trying not to shoot themselves in the foot, trying to rectify past wounds to their own foot they shoot themselves in the foot again by passing on the guy that they should just take it shouldn't be that difficult Jalen Carter should be the guy but you know the thing I've been saying all along he needs to be in a spot where he's got a coach who will get the most out of him and I think he needs to fall a little bit to maybe light a fire I made the argument weeks ago if he falls out of the top 10 that could be the best thing that happens to him slap in the face wakes him up if you take him too high and I had a GM tell me this I think before the combine or during the combine, if you take him, it was, no, 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 it was after the combine, after all this stuff came up. If you take him as high as he thinks he should be taken, you validate the behaviors that people have concerns about. And he thinks, I'm fine. I don't need to change anything. I mean, I think there's a general consensus. He does need to change a few things. And if he slips a little bit. So that's the conundrum for the Cardinals. Yeah. If you say, hey, he's the best player in the draft, let's take him at three, he comes in thinking, it didn't affect me at all. I still went number three. Maybe it's harder to get him focused the way that you need to. I, Pete I Carroll at five gets him focused. Yeah. Dan Campbell at six gets him focused. Somebody else, Mike Tomlin, if they trade into the top ten, gets him focused. Yeah. No, I I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying there. I don't. You know, and, and, and honestly, listen, I, there's a part of me that wonders, like, if the off-the-field stuff didn't happen, would the Bears have ever traded that number one pick? You know, that, that's the other interesting part of the conversation, too. But you know, either way, uh, I think most teams got him as the number one player on the board. So anything not being the number one pick is a little bit of a fall. Yeah, three, not quite enough. And I can see the logic there. And then, again... You know, knowing the New England guys a little bit and how things work there, Monty Ford being an ex-New England guy, I know he was in Tennessee Titans right before this. You know, they, they to to my annoyance, err a little too much on the, you know, oh, he does the right thing every play. He does the right thing every play. Oh, gosh, whoa, this guy made one mental mistake. We got to drop him down around. That used to drive me crazy because I'd go, wait, the guy that made one mental mistake made 100 plays that the guy that didn't make any 
that make, but like, so we're just going to dock him that and not give him a little extra bump up because of all the amazing plays he made that this guy can. And that's where I can see those guys being conservative and liking a high floor guy. He won't bust. We know he's a starter and a good player for us for a long time. And that's where I ended up using my logic for that Will Anderson at three, Mike. We need to take a break, but but before we do, I want to add one little thing yeah. to what you said earlier. Maybe the Bears wouldn't have traded out of number one, but for the Jalen Carter off-field stuff, how about this? Maybe they would have just traded to two with the Texans so they could still get Carter, and then the Texans would be the ones in position to get Bryce Young, not the Panthers. That would have been, I think, the play for the Bears if they felt good about Carter at number two, de facto number one for them. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. You know, it's been nine years since Johnny Manziel was the guy who dropped through the top 20, and we couldn't wait to see where he goes. And there are the quarterbacks who are going to be going somewhere. Could be all five get taken in round one, just like 2018 when five guys taken got taken in round one. Who's the, who's the one guy that you're going to be the most fascinated to see, you know, as he drops some when it hits? Oh, wow, I can't believe he's there. Well, I think C.J. Stroud is definitely one just because of all the stuff we've heard, you know, about the testing and all of that. So, you know, again, I think on a lot of teams' boards, he's definitely the one or two gotten one or two quarterback on film. Just where does he go? That's probably the guy I'm most interested to see, Mike. I heard a very strong opinion about Stroud that I'm going to wait until after he's drafted. I'll probably write something about it come Friday or Saturday. Stay tuned for that. Cool. And PFT Live tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. You just can't miss tonight. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.